ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. As usual, I'm pretty excited about my guest today. But before we get into that, I wanted to make sure that you remember that I appreciate you and thank you so much for listening and for your support as we spread the word about the importance of building relationships in business and life and showing people that we care. So please feel free to go over to my website at janisporter.com for a free gift. You can download my ebook, Seven Step Formula to Create Business Relationships That Last. And by all means, subscribe to the podcast and let me know your thoughts. So today, I'm very excited to have with me Jules Price. Jules is originally from outside of Washington, D.C., and then lived in New York City for 14 years, performing professionally in Broadway musicals and operettas. She currently still sings with the New York City Ballet as a principal artist in their West Side Story Suites repertoire. I know I'm going to show my age, but that's probably my most favorite Broadway show ever. Jules relocated to Sarasota, Florida with her husband Jeremy and became one of the top reps for a worldwide online greeting card and gift company. And this business opened up an unexpected worldwide platform for her to voice her down to earth, relatable advice. She published her first book in 2010 to help people with relationships in business, Secrets from the Sock Drawer. Yes. Yes. And now her second book just came out, which is a humorous book for quote women only about dating and relationships called don't eat the scraps. Jules is passionate about helping others to listen to life and get out of their own way. And I know I read that, but I wanted to make sure I got it all in. And so welcome um, to the podcast, Jules. Thank you so much for having me, Janice. You're very welcome. So Jules and I, for my audience, um, have known each other for a few years based on that worldwide online greeting card and gifting company, which we were both affiliated with. And we also share a birthday. So we're both Virgos and I know what that's all about. So (laughs) yeah, if you're a true Virgo and the details are, everything's in the details, then we're kindred in that. So it's either a blessing or a curse, as I say on my LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. And if you're listening and your birthday's September 4th, then let us know because we're you know, <laughs> September 4th power. Exactly. You're not left-handed, are you? No. Okay. Just yeah. Yes. Yeah, I am. So um, I know that from our relationship in uh, the greeting card and gifting company uh, that you know the power and value of relationships. And before we get into um, some of that, I want to ask you about the singing in for the New York City Ballet. And how often does that come up that they do those suites and of that music and so on? Because I'm curious. Well, it just depends. So like I said, I, I only sing in their West Side Story Suites, which is one of my most favorite musicals and then one of their favorite ballets that they do. 
Um, but it's only a couple times a year and it totally varies because mm. obviously, you know, they plan their season and not only do they have ballets throughout the season in, at Lincoln Center in New York, but then they'll go to, you know, Tokyo and Paris and London mm. and, um, and, and go overseas. So my favorite thing is I've gotten to sing all over the world with them in all those incredible places, Hong Kong, and I've been to Tokyo five times, <laughs> like really cool stuff. And of course I love singing in New York. But um, sometimes we'll do like four times a year and then other times it'll be like nothing. So mm -hmm. it just depends on when they do West Side Story. So the good news is it's so popular that whenever ticket sales are low, they like to put West Side on the calendar. But there have been times um, where I don't, I don't get to do it and we're just all hoping that they put it on the calendar again. So do you do Maria? Well, so West Side Story Suites is only a 40-minute ballet, okay. and it is like vignettes from the show. So, okay. you know, if you if you go to the ballet, usually there's like three or four ballets throughout the evening, and West Side Story Suites is always last. Oh, okay. It's such a popular favorite. So anyway, so like, yeah, if the show starts at 8, sometimes I don't even start to sing till 1030. <laughs> it's oh. a long, long night. But oh. um, anyway, so there's four of us that sing the score while they dance, and so oh, we beautiful. sing um, vignettes from the show. So it's not just Maria stuff. Okay. So are you aware that Spielberg's doing a new version of that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have some friends in it too. Really? Do you no, think some of the, some of the New York city ballet dancers are, you are think it's going to be okay because I mean, the original is so special. I mean, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be amazing. And it's on Broadway too right now. Like, so it's very popular. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be incredible. And they'll probably use a lot of the original choreography from Jerome Robbins as okay. well. Like and it just, it will create a new audience, right? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So I, uh, I know I paid attention to your first book that you did, which really helped with, you know, um, people not being used to selling or thinking that they're not selling but in fact we're all selling something or another even if it's ourself right we're all selling but I loved your sense of humor and your um simplicity if it if you will the the simplicity of the kinds of uh you called the magic sentences yeah. right that yeah. you wrote about and so do you still teach that kind of thing to people today Absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, and actually it's funny because in both books and they're both about totally different subjects. I know we're going to talk about that other yeah, one. Yeah. I yeah. think that I, I, I still talk a lot about magic sentences because I think verbiage is so important. And when people know what to say and they're comfortable with what to say, then they're more likely to do it. They're more likely to have success and confidence in it. And then the other part of the book was all about mindset because I truly believe that that's like the number one, you know, you might know what to say and then not have the mindset or the confidence to, to, to do it. And, and so kind of those things go hand in hand. And it's mm -hmm. just funny that both my books ended up really being about like verbiage and mindset in two you know, different areas of relationships. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I still teach it every day. And I think it's, you know, it's still like my first book was 10 years ago and it mm -hmm. still holds true now because the things that I taught to, to say and to the mindset things to overcome are, you know, kind of timeless. That's true. It's, it really is. But you totally helped me when I was first getting started because that book had practical information in it. Yeah. You know? and, and I think that one of the things that a lot of people, um, 
especially people, and I'm going to say it, in the network marketing industry, um, they don't know how to move things forward and how to ask for the next piece, right? You always need yeah. to be moving things forward, building relationship, following up, asking for the next, right? And I loved, I think you have a sentence in your book, something about, um, something about if you haven't made it, are you ready to, you probably know it as soon as. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah. So the, the, the first major sentence of helping people kind of bring it up to someone was, very simply, I don't know if you'd be interested, but right. and then you kind of, you know, explain a little, a little bit about what it is and say, when's a good time for me to show it to you so right. you can see if it's a good fit for you. So like the power in that is it's simple. You have one or two sentences in the middle of why you like it. And yeah. then you're asking for them to take a look and not really if they want to take a look, but when they want to take a look so they can see if it's a good fit for them, which is where it comes in, like you said, you never really feel salesy because you feel helpful. You're, you're showing them something that after they see it, they can certainly say no, but they're, they can't say no to seeing it. And then, like you said, the follow-up sentence where most people hate follow-up, they hate um, not knowing what to say. And so it causes them to not even pick up the phone. And my magic sentence is, um, I just called to see if you knew what you'd like to do or if you need more time. Right. And it's exactly. so simple. And it really applies to almost any business. Right. Um, you know, anyone in sales can use any, either one of those senses. Um, but by, if you say, I just called to see if you knew what you'd like to do, or if you need more time, again, you never really feel salesy doing that. You feel helpful. You're just ready to help them if, they, if they're ready. Right. And then the other powerful part of that is that when people start to give their excuse, let's say they're like, oh, well, my boss is in town and this and that, whatever they say, yeah. you just say, oh, no problem. When do you think you'll get to it? And so you're just basically giving them the opportunity to tell you when to follow up with them next. And that was the beauty of it. When I have my follow-up book, I could look at every name and know when I was supposed to call them again. And there's a lot of power in that versus mm -hmm. feeling like you just don't know who to call, when to call. You don't want to bug people. You feel like you, you're overstepping right. and then it all kind of goes downhill. <laughs> right, right. And, and I think it's all about, again, I think this comes back to being a Virgo and, and being, um, you know, the devil is in the details. Because if you can get somebody committed to that next piece right? Then it doesn't become that chase. And so, you know, when's a good time for me to follow up with you next Thursday or two weeks from now? Do you need a month? Whatever. So you get a really good idea. And yeah. it's funny. It, it, um, I was talking to somebody the other day about, um, uh, she wanted to, she was a new realtor and she wanted to go to a trade show, um, and spend all this money, but she didn't have it to have a booth. Well, you may as well throw that money against the wall because she didn't know what she was going to do. She's probably too raw to make that work. And I said to her, you know what? Go to the trade show. First of all, see who's going to be there in the list of exhibitors. See who you think you may want to talk to that might be a good um, referral partner or somebody to build a new relationship with. I said, go and walk that show and talk to as many people as possible. And don't give out one business card just get their info. She went, oh, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Right? Giving people an action step, a simple action step is so powerful. I know. So um, that brings me to the fact that I think you do a little bit of training. I love this title that I think was one of your uh, talks recently from Broadway to Business. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that and share with my audience the tips around that that um, maybe are universal? 
Definitely. Yeah. So basically, you know, with my whole background in New York City as a as an actress and a singer, um, whether you know it or not, you're in business because you're your own product. Of course. And so without even really thinking about it, I kind of developed this, you know, mindset and thick skin and all these things that I was kind of learning along the way because you know, you don't go to two auditions and give up, you know, you, right. you get rejection and you just kind of brush yourself off and reframe and refocus and, and go. And so when, um, when I started my, uh, greeting card and gift business 11 years ago, I suddenly realized that like, I was so conditioned for that as well, because it's so much of the same mindset, so much of the same, um, you know, just having that, knowing where you're going and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so I, I created this kind of fun talk, um, that I give sometimes to women's groups and, and, and really anywhere about Broadway to business and my five biggest tips for success that kind of can relate to any industry, um, from my own experiences. Okay. So, um, anyway, uh, and right before we talk about the five specific things, um, two really small mindset things that I like to bring up. One of them is the concept of, I didn't know it was supposed to be hard. And, uh, and the, the power in that is I sometimes think that we overthink everything, you know, and in many cases we decide whether we're going to be successful at something before we even attempt it. Whereas when you think about as kids, they don't, weigh something up if they can do it or not. They just like run ahead and oh, try, you know? So, um, you know, I think that this is such a valuable thing to think about because a lot of times our own mindset is what holds us back from, from attempting something because we already decide whether we're going to be successful or not. Right. Um, Broadway was an interesting example because I had not even moved to New York yet. When I got my first job, I drove up to New York, had my first audition there. Um, and for the Broadway tour of The Sound of Music, I didn't even live in New York yet. And then I ended up getting the part. Uh, I was Maria in The Sound of Music for a year and a half on the national tour. And I think about that all the time because, you know, if, if I had lived in New York and done all these auditions and had all this rejection, like you put this thing on it that it's so much harder than if you just kind of like the way I had it. And, right. uh, and so anyway, it just, it's just, it's something good to think about because it happens to all of us that we think, oh, well, I'll never be able to do that. And then we make that judgment before we try. So yeah, that um, the, other, the older we get, the more that gets in the way. It does. It happens. Yeah. It's easy to fall into that pitfall. Right. Um, and then the other kind of fun thing that I like to bring up to mindset wise is the concept of the lucky break, you know, and certainly in Broadway, everyone and, and in movies, people can feel like someone gets their lucky break. But uh, in reality, that person has probably been doing everything that they need to do to position themselves to get there. And it only seems like to everyone else that it's lucky. Um, right. But I'm, I'm a huge proponent of kind of making your own luck. And um, some of you may have seen and, and loved the musical Jersey Boys when it first came out all those years ago. Um, and the guy that played... Um, Frankie Valley was my friend and worked with me in my transcription office. It was all actors in that office in New York. And we would transcribe for news networks, you know, to make money in between our acting jobs. Well, John Lloyd Young, he won the Tony for the best actor in a musical, the Drama Desk Award, the Outer Critics Circle, the Theater War World Award. That was amazing. Um, and everybody thought he just got his lucky break as Frankie Valley, but like I knew that he had, you know, was. <laughs> transcribing on 49th street and working his butt off and doing children's theater just to get his health insurance. And, and then even the role of Frankie Valley, he didn't get originally, they were, they were um, doing an out of town 
run right before they moved to Broadway and he still didn't have the part and they just weren't quite happy with the guy that was playing Frankie. They did one more audition. He came back one more time. And, oh, got wow. it. and so it's just, it's amazing <laughs> to see the outsider point of view when everybody's like, he got so lucky. I'm like, what? Right. No. But you there's know, a story so. behind everything. Yeah. hundred percent. So, okay. Uh, anyway, okay. so my five, my five little tips for, from Broadway to business um, that just really relate to any industry um, number one is having a strong personal GPS. And I talk about this a little bit in my first- A strong personal? Personal GPS. Okay, yeah. Like, like in your car. Yeah. So, you know, when you make a wrong turn in your car and she's, and, you know, she's like, turn left, turn left. She's never like, oh, you know what? It's fine <laughs> to stay here. This place looks good enough. You know, like she's always going to try to course correct you to get where you need to go. And yes. Unfortunately, like you laugh, but we do that in life. We, we kind of make, you know, we settle for things or we, we kind of change our destination based on where, you know, we hit an obstacle or a road bump and we just kind of give up and stay where we are. True. So the more you can have that super strong GPS in your mind, that's constantly doing those little course corrections to, you know, continue to keep your vision of where you're going in your mind. And, and, um, you know, obstacles are put in your way to see if it's what you really want and it's, it's worth fighting for. So it's, um, makes sense. It's so difficult to do sometimes, but you know, acting is a great example and being an actor in New York certainly is that, you know, you're, you're constantly having to think, okay, what, what is my goal? Where do I want to go and have all these little, despite the road bumps along the way, like have, you know, constantly kind of keep readjusting your course and your mindset and your energy in that direction. Um, so that's, uh, that's number one. Um, staying on course really, I think is one of the biggest ways that you can kind of ignite your light from within too, right? Because people are really attracted to someone that knows where they're going and has a vision. And even when you hit a road bump, if you, you have that energy and that excitement towards where you're readjusting and going where you're going, then a lot of times people want to follow that person. So it's really, really important to have that light from within. Um, Number two is about staying positive and being that positive light. Um, and unfortunately, you know, that's hard to do too. You know, we, we all know that this is a negative society, mm -hmm. but um, the happiest people don't have the best things just happen to them. You know, they make the best of the things that come their way. And people always think I'm the happiest person they know. And I'm like, I, you know, I have my bad days and I have to always make those adjustments and, and, you know, feel sorry for myself for one second and then turn around and, and find a new, a new way to look at something, you know, nobody wants to be around a Debbie Downer. Right. Okay. And when someone calls you that is always complaining about something, you look at that name and you just look like, Oh, I don't want to answer the phone. Right. Whereas, right. you know, I want to be that person that when people see my name, they're like, Jules, you know, so right. it really is, it comes down to one major thing. And that is, are you adding value to other people? Mm -hmm. If you're the kind of person that's always looking for ways to add value, then someone's going to want to pick up that phone when you call. They're going to smile when you come their way. They're mm -hmm. going to, when they just think about you, it's going to, you know, make them feel good. And so that's really hard to do. But if you're not good at it, you can get better. Um, right. I read a great book. I don't know, Janice, have you ever read a book called Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman? No. What's it called? It's called Learned Optimism. Learn Optimism. And um, I read it in college. I was a psych major. And um, I just remember being really struck by it because it's all about how optimism is a learned behavior. 
because when things happen to you, you make an instant decision about how you feel about it and how you're going to react to it. And you can start to catch yourself and turn it around so that you're not falling into the pitfalls of when bad things happen. And you can really truly look at something in a different way. So if you're not good at it, I would recommend reading that book or, or just things that will just help you get better at it. Because when you are that positive light, amazing things do start to happen mm -hmm. to you because that's just what kind of creates with that, with that energy. That's great. That's um, great know. information. I mean, I know that I can be that person who looks at what can go wrong before what can go right. And you yeah. really have to check yourself before you open your mouth. Yeah. And I used to think that that was just being practical. Like I would come up with all the reasons why something wouldn't work and I'm just being prepared, but it can, if you ride that line, it can mm -hmm. really work, you know, not in your favor. Right. Exactly. And, and also people do feel that, you know, they really feel if you're kind of like, always, oh, uh, you know, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you, if you know, Brendan Bouchard, he, yes. he talked about this, the seven powerful traits of successful people. And it's really cool because no matter what business you're in, it's across the board. He has seven traits of like being open and observant, mm -hmm. being future oriented, you know, really looking for what your vision is. Like we talked about being a challenge seeker, you know, not being as afraid of a challenge, but like, how can I find challenges? Cause they want to stretch themselves. Um, being deeply interested in other people, you know, mm -hmm. we do this being in a card and gift business. It's like, I truly want to learn about other people and listen to them. Right. Um, being self-reliant is a big one, right? Just being resourceful. You don't know mm -hmm. the answer, find the answer. Don't always be like calling other people. Um, number six for him is being creatively driven, which I think is, you know, easy as an actor but it's hard to do sometimes but um just being able to take initiative for things and then the last one that he said um traits of successful people is being a meaning maker you know really looking for significant meaning in things and uh those things all really work together to help make you a more positive person as a whole but also like really creating that that success um mm -hmm in life too. So, so yeah, that would be the, the second thing is finding that positive light within you and other people will feel that from you as well. Okay. Um, so the third, the third thing out of the five, um, from Broadway to business is, uh, make a decision. <laughs> and, uh, this is a, it's an interesting thing because a lot of times making a decision feels like it should be a one-time thing. Like I made a decision. I'm right. going to have beef for dinner, you know, but, um, but in almost every case is in business, a decision is a process and it's a journey because you have to keep making that decision right. every day and you have to keep recommitting to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I read this quote that said, you know, the minute you stop deciding and you take your eye off a dream, your chances of achieving it will melt away like snow in the sun. And that's mm -hmm. really powerful to think about because you will never hit your goals if you don't daily decide to keep making that fresh commitment towards, towards it. And you know, that journey, cause it's always going to be a journey on the way. Um, you have to keep continuing that journey in order to get where you want. So, um, one of the tips I give people is like, write down something, I call it like taking your temperature, write down something that you're tolerating right now that you're kind of putting up with and you haven't really addressed. Um, and then write down something that's hanging over you. Hmm. Um, and then what are the things that you really feel like are holding you back from accomplishing those things from fixing it yourself? Yeah. 
<laughs> and then, yeah. Um, and then the, the last question is what will you do today that will move you forward towards those things and get closer to where you want to be meeting mm -hmm. uh, your wants and your needs and, and, um, you know, rather than just kind of going about life status quo, yeah. um, it's like, what are the things you should that you be conscious of, right? Consciously moving Conscious forward. What it is that's holding you mm -hmm. back. And then what is one action step that you can do? to move you move yourself forward so it's sometimes it's so simple because it's just about acknowledging what it, what am i tolerating what's hanging over me right now what am i kind of ignoring just to go about my life as it is right and it's a lot of times that's something that's holding you back from what you really do want mm -hmm. um so um all right so then number four and i talk about this a lot and you know when you read my intro i talk about listening to life mm -hmm. and this is probably one of my biggest um, passions to teach people to do this. And, uh, you know, a lot of times in a card and gift business, we teach people not only listen to life, but act on it, you know, but it's people tell you who they are like all the time. They're always saying, Oh, my mom's in the hospital or, Oh, you know, my kid just got into college or, you know, they're always telling you something that's important to them. And mm -hmm. most of the time people just don't, they don't listen because they go, Oh, sorry about your mom or whatever, but they don't like take it in and they don't do something about it because they don't have a vehicle for it. People are, have enough going on on their own plate. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you become that person that listens to it and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and acts on it and, you know, sends them a card saying, sorry about your mom, you know, congrats on your daughter. Um, you know, thinking about you, I'm sorry, you're having a tough time. Um, all of a sudden, you know, it just blows people's mind that you just took that second to, um, care about how they feel, you know, express your gratitude. We tell other people about it all the time. You know, I catch people saying, oh, my teacher in, you know, high school really made a difference in my life and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, did you tell them? And they're like, oh, no, you know, like it's crazy how often that happens that we are significantly changed by someone. We've never told that person what an impact they made on us. Right. So, but even in, you know, people in, in, I mean, I was just talking about this this morning because this is huge in our, in my business. And uh, I've heard you talk about that listen to life concept before. And I was telling a woman this morning who was uh, a referral um, around the greeting cards and I, she's a realtor and realtors, they either get it or they don't get it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's what it is. And, and so, you know, I was saying she hasn't, actually use the system before and so we're going to look at it and and but I said to her you know there's really two sides to this the first side is you know being top of mind and and programming things to go out so that they know you're top of mind over a period of time when you you know normally though um in people in your business don't do anything I said and secondly and most importantly she mentioned, and I listened, she mentioned that she's on Facebook all the time and Instagram. And I said, you know, that's where the power is going to be for you to find your people doing things in life, having special events, having life events. They had a baby, their dog died, whatever it is. And you capture that and send them a card. Totally yeah. unexpected. She said, oh my God. Like, yeah. right? Yeah. I know. And it's, you know, it's amazing because it's, I, I like to say it's like having a seventh sense because you're able to act on those things and create this 
you know, other layer that um, people aren't expecting and they're really, really touched by. And it's like, it's like having a secret weapon or, you know, being a superhero because it allows you to do it. That's right. And to, and when you just develop that skill of listening for it, it's mm -hmm. very easy to do. That's right. Um, you know, when you think about, I teach, I teach a, a seminar, sometimes it's called impact and influence. And it's, just two very beautiful words that, you know, there's a whole, you know, hour long seminar I could teach on it, but it boils down to when you think about who's had the biggest influence in your life, it's probably teachers and coaches and trainers. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not because they've taught you something. It's because they helped you become more of who you already are. Mm -hmm. And that is powerful. That is what creating impact and influence is all about. The reason they have an influence on your life is because they brought something out in you that sometimes you didn't even know you had. And um, so when you're able to do that to others, to, to find something in them, to see a beauty in them, to recognize something, to just lend support, it's like the the vibration that creates is un able to even be explained. And if you do that all the time, you know, you're the kind of person that does that. Like I said, you can't even, you can't even measure what comes back to you in your life. First of all, it feels good to do and to listen and to be that person. Mm -hmm. But second of all, what comes back is like, you know, half of the most amazing things that have ever happened to me are because I'm that person. And I, you know, I meet a guy in an airport and send him a card and suddenly, you know, I'm getting a three hour private tour of the white house. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, this is, this is not hard to understand that it just right. creates this amazing synergy in your life. So listening to life, um, so important. it's so important. And, you know, um, there's an awesome quote. Uh, I think it's Edith Wharton that talks about, um, uh, what did she say? It's something about, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, there's two ways of spreading light to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can hold a candle and be a light to people, or you can hold up a mirror and reflect the beauty in them. Nice. And I just love that concept because mm -hmm. I really think that if you do both, you know, you're a positive light, you're bringing positivity to the world, but then you're also helping to be that mirror and helping other people see things in themselves. And it's just a magical. Love it. Okay. And then number five, the last one is my favorite quote, and it's just, um, goes along hand in hand with it, but it's go the extra mile. It's never crowded. Mm. And you know, if you are the person that does what other people aren't willing to do, you build a, you know, a network of people around you who would do anything for you because you never ask for anything. Right. You know, you're cultivating those relationships. Um, I send 300 birthday cards a month, you know, and people call me up crying because mine's the only card they got, yeah. you know, their kids forgot their birthday. Um, so if you're, you know, you're just looking for ways to serve others, you know, the most, the most influential, beautiful people in the world are, you know, people, um, that serve other people first, you know, Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, um, it's going to just lead to things that you can't imagine. So, um, you know, all these things, whether it's, you know, whether it's Broadway or business, um, they're just the best practices of the, being the kind of best person that you can be to attract the people that want to join you around you. People want to do business with people that they like, right? right? And you want to be that one that they, you know, they smile when they see you call. They, they you're adding that value like we talked about. And um, when you're not doing it, I feel like it's creating missed opportunities every day. Like half the time when I think about 
all these amazing things that have happened to me because I've done that. I think, what if I hadn't, you know, even like one of my best friends is someone that I met at a networking event and I sent her a really fun card that, um, she was a dietitian and she was drinking beer at the networking event. And I just thought that was funny. Um, so I said, networking is better with beer and all this stuff. And anyway, you know, I think all the time, what if I'd never sent her that card? She wouldn't even be in my life right now. And it's been, you know, 11 years of having this great friendship because I did that. And so the connections that you make and the, the impact that you make on other people, it's truly immeasurable. I think that you, you have to be, um, a, have a real sense of awareness, right? You have to be paying attention. And most yeah. people that go to a networking event or go into these situations are only focused on themselves. Yeah. Well, right? that's like those, those traits of Brendan Bouchard, like being open and observant, mm -hmm. being genuinely interested in people, mm -hmm. you know, um, being resourceful, all that kind of stuff. It's like being attentive. Exactly. And it sounds simple, but if everyone was doing it, it would be a better world. So everyone's right. not doing it, you know? Right. And like you said, a lot of people are, you know, handing out their business card and trying to get, get, get yeah. instead of being like, Oh, tell me about you. What's your background? And why did you get into that? And then send right. them something and like create that relationship that, um, you know, and it's not like you have to like date someone, you know, and learn a million things about them before you ever do business with them. But it's just about taking that moment to, to really kind of make that connection and, and learn about them and see how you can actually serve them. Um, make a connector, you know, to someone else like, Oh, I know someone that could really help you and all that right. kind of stuff. If you just start doing more of that in your life, then everything comes back around. You're precious. You really are. So you had a great segue there so yeah. that we can talk about your latest book yeah. about dating. And this is called don't eat the scraps. And yeah. I have to say that when I first um, started to read it, I thought, why am I reading this? I don't need this right now. Like, it's not like I'm dating or anything, but it was so, it was so humorous and so funny. And it was like, oh my God, this is so true. Okay. So can you tell my audience a little bit, first of all, your sense of humor is amazing. And I think that's what makes the book really fun. And yet there is totally a message in there. Yeah. So. Um, Please share with my audience a little bit about it and uh, yeah. we'll talk about where you can get it and everything afterwards. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this book is so funny. Like you said, um, I've had so many people that read it that are married and they're like, I don't need dating advice, you know, but they loved it. And I think that's what's so fun about it because number one, it is meant to be like entertainment. You know, it's, it's supposed to feel like a two hour movie. Or like <laughs> is it movie. going to be? Well, I hope so. I'm actually, I met with a film producer a couple of days ago and we're talking about possibly doing like a webisodic where they make eight episodes or doing, doing a film eventually, but, be um, fun. but yeah, it really feels like a sex in the city yes. long episode because I talk a lot about my dating experiences in New York city with like different restaurants and different right. street corners and like people kind of feel like they've seen the movie when they read it. Yeah. Um, but like you said, as you start reading it, and I think no matter whether you've been married 30 years or whether you have no desire to date anyone or whether you're dating now, you can still really relate to the concept that I described. So it, the gist of it for your listeners that don't know is that um, it's what it's something that happens in the first six to eight weeks of dating that um, I identified 15 years ago when I was dating 
And I've been teaching people for 15 years because I made it up. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a thing. But mm -hmm. nobody's ever talked about it. Nobody's ever else written about it as far as I know. And it just needs to be taught because it's something that truly, truly happens where six to eight weeks into a relationship, the guy breaks up with the girl. She doesn't know what happened. And I'm like, I do. So I really, I describe why this dynamic occurs, how the balance of power gets really off and why the guy breaks up with the woman out with seemingly out of the blue. It's always when she thinks things are going so well and yes. he does bolt. And this happened to me twice, you know, in a row when I was dating once with this guy before my husband. And then, then my husband did the same thing. My, my husband now broke up with me, um, about seven weeks into dating. And I was like, what? It was like the same speech that the Pete, the guy before him had given. And I'm like, what is going on? And that's when I created this theory. And, and they, set you up, right? they set you up. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy and I have been married for 15 years now, so it all worked out, but he did this exact same thing. And anyway, so I, uh, the first part of the book is really identifying and explaining this theory in a funny way, but it yeah. really does happen. Yes. And when people read it, they're like, Oh my gosh. Like I've even had married people that it, they say, that's what happened to Rob in high school. <laughs> It really makes them think back to other relationships when things went all wrong. Yeah. And, and then the, the second part of the whole book is a lot of mindset stuff again, but funny stories and, um, and verbiage and, and Jules rules, I call it of like yeah. things to do or not do. Um, but overall it should, it, you know, people laugh all the way through it. It takes them no more than like an hour and a half, two hours to read it. Um, most people tell me they've read it cover to cover, which is yeah. super cool. They just don't even put it down. And, um, and then the best part is just the reactions. My, my two favorite um, words that people use to describe it when they write me, people that don't even know me at all are writing me and saying that my book was funny and insightful. And like you said, that those are the two things that go hand in hand. Like I want them to learn something. I really do huh. want them to feel like they've gained some information, but I also love the fact that they, they laughed along the way. It makes me really happy. Yeah, it's it's delightful. It really is. And wouldn't that be fun if it gets to be uh, I know. get to leverage that into something on Netflix or TV or wherever? I um, think it would be a super fun movie. But I want to be on Ellen. I, I want her to be like Jules. Tell us about the scraps. You know. <laughs> so like, I got to get there first. I, we okay. just have to get the word out to more women. And uh, but so how, and how are you? How are you? Um, how are you going? Um, how are you going into that? Well, so it's kind of cool. Like, uh, I've been, I've done a bunch of TV recently, um, mm. like where I was interviewed about the book and that's really helped get the word out. One was here in Sarasota where I'm from on channel seven and then asked me to be on their channel seven, which was really cool. But then last week, um, I was interviewed on the number one dating and relationship podcast in the world. Um, it's called the great love debate. And he, um, contacted me and interviewed me about the book and it's airing this Sunday okay. my podcast with him. And he has 70,000 listeners a week. Nice. So I'm excited about that. And, um, and really it's just going to be about, um, you know, the great thing is it's a great gift to give people. And a lot of people after they read it, give it to their friends who are giving it to their friends. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I'd like to think that there's, some amazing way that I can market this to get the word out. But I think a lot of it's going to be that word of mouth. Like people actually are having so much fun reading it and sharing it. That Have you hopefully sent the book it'll to Ellen to the producers. Are they what? Have you sent the book to her? Uh, to Ellen? 
Um, not yet. <laughs> I know I need to, I need to, I need to. Yeah. I'm yeah gonna, well, I'm, you know, you have to find the right, the right yeah. avenue to get it in front of her for sure. Yeah. Um, it's always a challenge. I was going to say that um, lately and as a podcaster, I've been listening. I always listen to other podcasts and um, one of the most influential podcasts, not the dating kind of podcast, but um, the one that I listen to a lot, and you may know him is Lewis Howes. Okay. L-E-W-I-S-H-O-W-E-S. Lewis Howes School of Greatness. Okay. And he was on Ellen. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and just so you know, Cody Bateman interviewed him on his oh, wow. podcast. Cool. So it's kind of like, who do you know who knows someone who can get, right? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, six degrees of separation. So. Um, Bart Ratliff got Lewis on Cody's podcast. Okay. That's good to know. That's awesome. It was the turn. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. That's in talk and I shouldn't be doing that on my podcast, but you know what? I'm all about connecting people. So I'm always looking for something happens. So I have another more personal connection, but I can't talk about that. And nor can I, um, uh, you know, take advantage of it. So that's the other thing. Anyway, back, I digress, but that would be really exciting. And, and I do, um, I do recommend, uh, your book. It's a fun book to, um, to give to a girlfriend to, um, you know, to even have at, uh, um, a sh- uh, you know, a shower or, you know, uh, any kind of women's retreats, that kind of yeah. thing. One of the, the, the things that they read and bring, you know, and have a book club about kind of totally. thing. Um, I had, I, I don't know if you saw on Facebook, it was so cool. One girl had her 28th birthday party in Soho. She had a pajama party with like 10 of her best girlfriends and she gave them all a copy of my book at perfect. their yeah. party. And so they posted this amazing picture of like these 28 year old gorgeous oh. girls all wearing pajamas in this beautiful apartment in Soho, like holding up my book. So I was like, this is the best marketing. Oh yeah, that's awesome. No, yeah. But what's really cool is the age group of people that have been um, writing to me. I've had people in their 20s write to me mm-hmm. and people in their 70s. How write cool to me. is that? Um, yeah. One woman said, I'm 72. I've had two failed marriages and I thought I knew everything there was to know about dating and you've given me the vision I need for 2020. I was like, wow. So, and then a lot of women in their forties are writing to me that are divorced and kind of don't have a lot of confidence in kind of getting back out there again. And, uh, so I think that, I don't know why that surprised me just the huge age range, but I'm thrilled about it. But to be able to know that like, it's that many different kinds of generations Mm -hmm. still relate to the information is Mm -hmm. really exciting. Well, because we all think we're still 18 inside, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all about our self confidence in our yeah. you know yeah, our self-worth so well this has been delightful Jules I I there's so many nuggets in here that I know people will want to listen to it again is my hope so that they can jot them down and so on and uh, I'm going to be uh, um, paying attention to what happens with your book and uh, obviously stay connected and uh, uh, how can people get hold of you and how can they get your book Okay. Well, um, people can, um, 
get the book, Don't Eat the Scraps on Amazon, mm -hmm. um, either the Kindle version, if you like reading it on your readers or, um, or the paperback. Mm -hmm. And then you can also, if you want a signed author copy at the books titled don'teatthescraps.com, you can buy the book there and I send you a copy nice. that's signed. Or a lot of times people can write a note saying, hey, I want you to send this to my friend, Lisa, you know, and give me a little background on her and then I'll sign it to her and send it to her from, from that friend. Read so, that extra um, little piece. I love it. Yeah. So I can do that too at don'teatthescraps.com or you can find it on Amazon. And then um, if you just want to reach out to me and let me know anything that um, resonated with you, I love to hear from people. My website's just julesprice.com, J-U-L-E-S-P-R-I-C-E. Um, and you can uh, hear some of my songs on there for people that uh, people are always asking me if they can hear me sing. Um, I have, um, yeah, just a bunch of um, stuff on there and you can, um, you know, shoot me an email at the bottom of the site too, if you want to write me a note. That's fantastic. And I'll put all that in the show notes as well. So thank you again for being such a wonderful guest. And I uh, encourage my audience to go and check Jules's website out, check out the book, and um, please leave a, a review of the podcast if you enjoyed it, because we love that. And uh, it can only help everybody and anybody. So thank you again. And remember, stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.